Welcome to For What It's Worth, introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom, now in its 10th glorious season. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. Banana conda. I'm a horrible person. You leave stuff laying around? I'm a really bad person. Woo, welcome to my quest womb. Pull that record. We're done. Abort. And welcome back to another episode of For What It's Worth. Um, uh, it's me, Sammy. I'm here. I know I've been here for a minute. And, hi, Sammy. Uh, How's hi. it going? Good. Hi, hi Rue. Rue. Are you Rue? I am Rue. I don't oh. think anybody knows who I am. And I think that we also have some other people here, too. We have yeah. Click. What? Say hi, Click. Hi, click. <laughs> hi, click. <laughs> and then I think we also have Voss. Voss is in his room. As he's I am hiding be. away. Hiding <laughs> away. Um. So yeah, what's everybody been up to? Or do you want me to start with what I've been up to? I think that you are the one that has gone through so much recently. Oh, you've so been. Much. You've left the United States. For two whole weeks. I did. And where did you go? Tell us about your adventures. So my wife and I, we finally got to go on our many delayed, long-awaited Japan trip. Well, back to Japan trip. We, yeah, as as all these guys know on the cast that we were supposed to go in 2020 and... That got canceled because of obvious reasons. And then we were finally able to go this, uh, let's see, been home about a week at this point. So about three weeks ago, we went, we were there for two weeks and let's see, we went to Hiroshima, saw all that stuff, um, went to Tokyo and did a bunch of stuff around Tokyo, um, went to basically every Pokemon store I could find, which was most of them in the country. Like, at this point, the only one I haven't been to is the one down in Okinawa, and I think there's one up in Sapporo in the Northern Island. I don't know. But I've been to most of them. And we went to the Nintendo store, which I wasn't expecting to. I didn't realize it was in the same building as one of the Pokemon stores, and we got there, and I was like, oh my god. This is here? I didn't know. Ah, it, was it was amazing. <laughs> and then we also did some days in Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Sea, and those were fantastic. And we walked ourselves stupid every day and then passed out and then did it again. Nice. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I, it sounds like a super big adventure. I also heard that you guys went to Bunny Island. Yes. We went to, well, yeah, everybody calls it Bunny Island. The island is, is called Okunoshima Island is the actual name. Um, but yeah, it's just got a population of rabbits that live on the island. And it's now just kind of a tourist spot. And you just get to go hang out with bunnies. Like, they're so desensitized. Well, they're mostly desensitized to humans, but there's no predators there. Like, land predators. I guess there's birds and stuff. But they're all 
like super chill and they'll come and you can feed them and just hang out with them. We spent one night when we were there, because we stayed there a couple nights, but one of the nights we were there, after dinner, we went outside with our carton of, like, plum wine that we had bought, <laughs> and just sat in the field, and drank, and hung out with the rabbits, and fed rabbits, and just, you know, took it easy till we wanted to go back inside, because it was cold, but it was fun, because we just sat there, and the rabbits just came around and hung out, and... I don't know. It was great. <laughs> but also, Disney Tokyo. Gotta take you guys to it one of these days, because, oh my god, it's fantastic. It's so cool. I oh. heard that it's like only like, what's what's nice as well is I heard that it's only like 70 something dollars, but it's, did you have a lot of crowds there? I mean, it was... I think it was as busy as any Disney park would be. Um, yeah, the tickets were like, I think they were like 80, they were like 80,000 yen, which I think after conversion was like 70, yeah, like 74, $75. Because right now our conversion rate's really good where we get more money going to Japan. So, you know, costs a little cheaper. Um, the one thing there that they didn't have is they didn't have like, like Genie Plus or any of that kind of stuff. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah, there was only a handful of rides that had like access pass that you could buy, just for that ride. Um, but out of all of them, I think it was only between the two parks. I think it's only like five or six rides that did that. So like, but they were all like your major rides, like. Um, like Splash Mountain, Tower of Terror, um, the Beauty and the Beast ride. Um, there's a couple more I can't think of, but also the Beauty and the Beast ride over there is amazing. Like, <laughs> I only paid to go on one, like, paid the premier access to go on one ride, and it was that one because the line was continuously an hour or more, the standby line. It was insane. But then we went through and we're like, oh, yeah, we can see why everybody's waiting an hour to go on this ride because it is fantastic. So definitely a, a do. Um, but, yeah, the other thing, because most of the stuff was just standby lines, you know. Yeah, you were waiting a little while, but you were constantly moving. There was none of this sitting in line for ages. You were just constantly walking and doing going through the line. So, um it wasn't too bad, actually. I kind of liked it that way. But anyway, enough about me. What were you guys doing while I was gone? Absolutely nothing. Because... Absolutely nothing. <laughs> My goodness. Just kidding. Uh, Click, what have you been up to? Not You're really not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, there hasn't been much change. Uh, well, how's well, your how's your renovation going? It's not. Oh, I'm lazy. No. Oh dear. <laughs> hey, you got the you got the front window well. Yeah, we did some stuff on the outside of the house. It was oh. it was a nice day, so. Oh yeah. How about this? We're making progress. I heard while we were gone. Oh my goodness! No, don't giant snowstorm while we oh, were gone. It was so bad. Yeah. 
It was so bad. You you go outside and it was like it, you know, it was springish weather, then you the next day you go outside and it was just dumped. Oh. So much snow. <laughs> it was crazy. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, no. No, it was yucky. It was bad. That's amazing. Yeah, we kept getting messages like my father-in-law sent us some pictures and they live up in Leighton as well, so they're close to to Click and Voss. And uh, they sent us some pictures and we're like, oh, my God. And then we got back and we're like, oh, we're going to have to dig out the car and like, you know, shovel our way into the house. We get back and it's all melted. It was perfect. It only took two days. Yeah, it was great. I was like, oh, lovely. We didn't even have to deal with any of it. (laughs) Well, Utah's having, I mean, in some areas, and I think the media is just way too out of control about things, but... Like, because I had somebody message me like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I can come to Salt Lake today. I heard about all the flooding. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, are you OK? Are you underwater? Like, I look outside and it's like bone dry. I mean, but to, granted, you know, I'm going around um, the city that, that I'm in and there is a lot of sandbags that are around. And so people are preparing for um, for yeah. stuff. But. Yeah, there was some, like, Sugar House area, Kaysville area, kind of where I, only the places I heard about, but, yeah, they're, they're like, oh, we got record snow this year, prepare to be drowned. <laughs> um, as far as what I've been up to, I actually, um, I actually went to go see the Mario movie with a group of friends and that was awesome got to dress up a little bit as um as bowser jr and that was that was fun um i actually have gone and seen the movie twice and i highly recommend it it was a lot of fun so it made my little kid heart sing so yeah i haven't had a chance yet to see that or the dungeon and dragons movie because you know we were not here (laughs) Well, apparently now you need to push both of those movies aside and go see Renfield. Huh? <laughs> I think I said that right. Renfield. It's the Nicolas Cage Dracula movie. It's where Nicolas Cage places himself as a as a vampire. Wait. Uh-huh. Nicolas Cage is playing Nicolas Cage as a Nicolas Cage vampire. <laughs> he's Didn't not playing that? himself but Nicolas Cage always just plays himself in every movie sure. <laughs> so. well didn't he do that like last year or earlier this year or something he, he there did was a movie Apparently where he was actually was like himself pretty funny like a weird meta fourth wall thing yeah is that the one he did with Pedro Pascal that I've been seeing memes about yeah that would be that one oh, that makes more sense that makes more sense. Anyway, Voss, think... what have you been up to? Uh, I haven't been up to anything nearly as much going through. I went and watched the Mario movie with Rue. Woohoo! That was a lot of fun. Nothing like Night of the Living Dead Koopa. That got me. That was fun. <laughs> Didn't you just, after the movie, you just wanted to go eat a peach? Just, you know, one peach, two peach, peaches, peaches, peaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just over and over. Well, mm-hmm. who did you dress up as, Voss? I didn't, because I went a second time. Ah. 
I went a different time and we went back and watched it uh again. Speaking of which, somebody have had a birthday. They did some mysterious person at some, some point. Some twosies had a birthday. Yeah, Rue, happy birthday. So Oh, I was talking about Voss, not me. I know, but I'm talking at both of you had birthdays in the last few weeks. So I guess we well, leveled up one extra year, right? We did. What's our what's our power up or what what are you choosing to level up this year? Is it strength, dexterity? Uh are you multi class? Well, certainly it's certainly not vitality. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that goes down, doesn't it? All right. right. I'm getting a little bit hungry. How about you okay. guys? Yes, I was just going to say I could really do a snack right now, and I don't have any with me, so... I could give you I a need peach. You to bring me some. <laughs> Ooh, a peach. But unfortunately, I don't think peaches have, like, fortunes in them, but a fortune cookie does. And I have one right here. It says, you will soon receive support from an unexpected source in bed with a cookie. So, I don't know what they're talking about there. Is that that like a... Is that a jockstrap pun? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I took it off and everybody was really surprised. Really? That's I'm surprised <laughs> they were surprised by that. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. So uh I think this time let's uh we should talk about how hmm how did we get into this nonsense? How did this all start? How did I find the furry fandom? It was all sex, right? It was all porn. Probably. <laughs> surprisingly actually i I really want to send out a thanks a preemptive thanks we actually got a quite a few emails for this one and i'm i'm really appreciative of it um so without further ado i'm gonna torture rue and make him read the first one yay <laughs> what no no don't you guys know rue cannot Aww. read <laughs> so sad just kidding all right so this first email comes from Avis, and this is what they had to say. Hey, for what it's worth, love your show. I'm listening for years. Uh, my first contact with the fandom was through a fantasy and sci-fi writing forum. It no longer exists, and I can't remember the name, but I found a story on there about a group of dragon riders and their adventures. The story was incomplete. So I searched on Google if there was more and found an author had published it originally in So Furry. So I made an account and, well, keep going and all the best, Avis the Blue Jay. I mean, yeah, that's pretty I mean, that indicative. Kind of a, indicative. The rest is history story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for for sharing. Um, I, I can 
honestly say that I've had something fairly similar where it's like you, you start reading some stories and you're like, hey, where'd this come from? So I'm glad that, that that's what got you into the into the fandom. I think that we have uh, another email. Click. Do you want to read that? One? Oh, I guess so. <laughs> Alrighty. Hi, peeps. One day in my teens, I drew some art of a horse girl wearing lingerie inspired by horse tech. In 2010, I posted it on DeviantArt. This piece of artwork seemed to gain a few more favorites than my usual artwork, so I went to see what other artwork these fans also liked. That's when I discovered that furries exist. I didn't identify as one yet because I didn't know what it was all about yet, and the more adult furry art didn't really appeal to me at the time. At university, I took every opportunity I could to dress as an animal or role, role play as an anthro character. One day, I decided to attend a lecture in my tiger costume, and on the way home, a friend spotted me and called me a furry. I denied this because I still didn't want know what they were. My housemates became bronies, and I supported them in this, although I didn't massively get it myself. I think it was only after I graduated from university that it clicked. I started doing anthro commissions for friends and even helping to organize meets. So my absorption into the fandom happened slowly, and I can't really name a date when it actually happened, but I have always been a fan and a creator of anthro characters, so it was inevitable. Thanks for reading my email, Miski the Chinchilla. There's, there's also a PS that shows the the piece of art there. in regarding, and it's it's very good. Yeah, it's it's very good. Well, you know, Deviant Art is a, a huge gateway. I don't know if it still is, but at least it was when I got into the fandom. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I used to be on Deviant Art a lot more for like when they had like the chat room stuff. And then I haven't been on there for a long time. I don't know if it's quite the same. Yeah, I I just I know it was a big, like I said, it was a big gateway. I I kind of found Deviant Art through the fandom mm. instead of the other way around. But I know a lot of people went that way. Yeah. So Sammy, how did you end up finding the fandom? Well, let's see. Mine was. You know, not very exciting, I guess. Um, so for me, it was when I was in high school, I knew a couple of people. I had a very good friend who was in the fandom, um, someone who I'm still friends with today. And then I met someone else in some of my classes who I'm still very good friends with today, which is like holy crap, people from high school that I'm still friends with. Um, they were in the fandom when I knew them then. Um, I didn't really know much about it at the time. I tried a number of times to, you know, ask questions and, and poke them and get some information and figure out what it was they were doing. And... In the end, I I kind of knew what it was. 
so in the end i i just got online and started looking around myself um it was one of those where for years and years growing up i i've always been into anime for a long time you know i watched when they originally dubbed and released the pokemon anime and the digimon anime and all that i was watching those as those were being released um so i was always into anime and then i was always into you know you always have your hybrid characters like inuyasha you know you've got your your fox boys and your your you know animal characters and things like that and then of course we all have disney as well um so it was one of those where it's like as with everybody else had an interest in those things because of the media I was enjoying and through those friends I was like oh wait there's more people like it's more of a thing and so I of course dug into it more I ended up on FA and made FA account and an FA forum account and started chatting with people on there and that's and then from there um through these friends i was able to find the local community which at the time was based on yahoo you know our good old yahoo groups yeah yeah and so started coming to meets and i started meeting people and hanging out with other people and becoming friends and you know, it became more of just a place to really be myself. So it was great. And I've met some fantastic people. Like, the way I found the fandom, I think it's kind of, I don't know, boring in a way. But I also feel like it's kind of normal. It's a it's normal for people to find the fandom through other people. Or, you know, people they know, their friends, things like that. So, um yeah, it was definitely a a matter of I knew these people. I kind of knew they were into something like animal anthro related, but they were a little cagey on giving me details. So I went out, looked for it myself, <laughs> and then I just fell down the hole and now I'm stuck here forever. Well, like we say, even you know, the same as getting word out about the show, word of mouth is huge. Yeah. You know, if you know somebody that's into it and, you know, they, that's how you find out. That's usually the the easiest way. Um, you know, the anime thing, anime, there's a lot of crossover. It's same as the email that I read, you know, bronies and furries have a lot of crossover. Anime fans and furries have a lot of crossover. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, and I, that's one thing I've never understood, especially, like, it's weird, because as I was getting more into furry, I had friends who were just, like, into anime and stuff like that, and they were very much of the mindset of, oh, you're you're doing that? Why are you, like, why are you doing that? Like, I actually lost, you know, a couple of friends that at the time were pretty good friends, I thought, because I was delving more into furry. And I was like, what is the problem? Like, it's all the same thing at the end of the day. Like, we all are finding things that we enjoy, and there's a lot of similarities. 
between the two. And it's weird how it it, it kind of made that rift. But at the same time, I was like, well, that's stupid. I'm like, we're all the same. It's all, it all interlocks in some way or the other. You know, like, you know, the graphs you get of the, like, circles and they all overlap over different things. You know, it's like that. It's like every, yeah, they've got their, you know, anime has their thing over here that doesn't relate to furry, but they have something, you know, or a few things that Cat relate. Girls aren't know, furry. Right? Your percentage of cat girl <laughs> depends on how furry you are. No, I was drawing, I was drawing Fox Boys. I mean, I guess technically, Ooh. if I really think about it, my first persona was probably a fox. Cause like <laughs> the first thing I, I was going, I was doing was like, he was like a silver fox with like red, like a red tail tip, red ears, red paws. So I was like, mm, if I really go that far, I could say he was a fox. It was my first persona. But I don't know. That's kind of a how how in depth do you go at that point? <laughs> or do we all just naturally start as foxes or wolves and we just go from there? I I think that that's yeah. or a dog. See, but I then became a dog and I'm still a dog. Like I don't know. Am I just that basic? <laughs> no. It- you know, it's it's the the same the usual cliche of, you know, new furries are you're either a dragon, a fox, or a wolf. Yeah. To start. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Cause I also, before I I made my my official persona, I was I was debating. I was like, do I do dog or do I do dragon? Like that was my my internal debate. Was it <laughs> dog or dragon? And then I went with dog. You had the choice between flight and fire hydrant. I mean, I basically <laughs> went flight or stubby legs. <laughs> and I went with stubby legs. Yeah. Stubby legs. You know, it's okay. It's okay. You're you're down here with all of us other yeah. land animals. Except except Voss, who's under the sea with uh-huh. Little Mermaid. That's right. <laughs> Do you ever start singing how you want to be where the people are? No, I'm just hanging with Sebastian. <laughs> having some, some jerked meats. I was going to say, having some Jamaican food. <laughs> hey, as long as it's like 30 seconds or less, right? Isn't that, that the thing? All right. So, I think that kind of covers how I fa- found the fandom, unless I'm missing anything. I don't know. Well, I think that there is What's one that? thing that you're missing. Uh, there is another, another email. email. Let's go ahead sure. and read this one. It's from, let's see, is that uh, Very, I believe. All right. Awesome. So this says, hello, cast of For What It's Worth. I started my ways in the fandom from a friend's, from a friend's brother's friend. Ooh, that's a line. He was a furry and was an artist. I looked it all up and asked him all about it and thought to myself that I can get behind this. I had always liked foxes and thought Angthro characters were really cool. After I looked up some videos on YouTube, I was hooked. Since then, I have delved deeper into the fandom, which is now a part of my life. From Viri the Fox. Well, there you go. 
as I was saying, you, you know, it's easy to, you know, find people that are within the fandom, not realizing they're within the fandom, and then they either intentionally or un unintentionally pull you in, and then you're just trapped forever, never getting out. Yeah, well, it, it's easy when you find somebody, or if you stumble on somebody who's an artist, because then you're going to, you know what I mean? If you're around all the time, you're going to see what they're drawing and you're going to see what they're creating. And if you're interested in it, then obviously you have, a, you have an opening or you have a, a conduit to help you, uh, you know, find out what, what is this all about? Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice when you've got someone you can talk to and ask those questions and be like, Hey, you know, X, Y, Z, what is this, blah, blah, blah. And it definitely does help to have someone kind of hold your hand and guide you along. <laughs> um, But I feel like also when you find the local community, that was a lot of it for me was when I, when I was able to finally connect with the locals, I could be like, oh, look, here's people I can talk to and ask questions to. And annoy because you know that's what we do <laughs> so but i think also at that time i mean gosh i've been in the fandom for oh boy i graduated in 07 so uh, almost 20 years now so yeah, a few more wow. years and it'll be, it'll, it'll, I will have been in the fandom for 20 years. So that's a pretty good chunk of my time. That's, that's wild. I mean, <laughs> 20 years. That's, that's quite, quite a chunk of time. Let's see. I'm just looking real quick for what it's worth. Started September 10th, 2011. So the, the show itself has been up for 12 wow. years <laughs> wow right. well so that's part i mean by no means is it like 20 years or anything <laughs> like that but yeah so when i grew to know why i was bringing that up is because i started the show and then i think i grew to know you during that time frame so that means that we've known each other about the same exact yeah. age of the I, show. well i think i knew you Slightly before you started the show. Probably yeah. about a so, year. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been around for a hot minute. But, all right. Well, <laughs> thank you, um, Avis Mitski and Viri, for, for sending your emails in. Um, like I said, we love getting emails, so having them for this has been fantastic. Uh, for now, I think we are going to throw to break. And we will be back in just a few minutes and we'll have some more emails to go through. And then I'm going to make uh, uh, make the others tell us all about how they found the fandom. So the, the dirty, dirty secrets. secrets. Wait on by and we'll be back in a few.
listening to Strike Through from National Public. It, it's not that one. Wh which one is it? Oh. Oh. <sighs> You're listening to For What It's Worth. Thank you to our Patreons. You make this happen. Rictus. Lifus. 10x. Ashton Sergal. Nuka. Bubble Whip. Chap Hogarth. Aussie. Black Baldrick. Ligris. Tire. Ichigo Okami. Guardian Lion. Rivka. Welcome everybody back to For What It's Worth. Today we've been talking about how I found furry and we have had so many amazing emails sent in to us that, um, that most of our show has been because of, of you guys. So thank you so much for your continued support. Uh, let me tell you, it definitely helps episodes go a lot smoother. So then that way you're not just hearing Rue talk randomly about random cookies that he likes to eat and stuff like that. So, But besides me, click, tell us how... How have you found the f furry fandom? Found what? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know what <laughs> fandom we were a part of? You thought this was some sort of like stamp collecting fandom? What a weird way to go, stamp collecting. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking he was going to say like Warhammer or something else. Yeah, that you're yeah. into. I mean, recently you went to a coin show. So did you pick up any goodies there? I did. Just kidding. No. <laughs> um so tell us a little yeah. bit about how you found the fandom um i don't know really if i could pin it down to how i found it i mean i was like i was i was searching for it but i didn't know what i was looking for at the time um it's it's Sometimes well, it's, it's kind of hard when you don't have the right yeah, terminology. Yeah, it's kind of weird to hard to describe because I was like, I knew, I knew what I was, and it was weird because it was it was a night and day. Just one day, I just decided I'm gonna start looking for this thing. I knew it existed, but I didn't know what it was. You know what I mean? I I I didn't know what I was looking for, but I kind of kind of did know what I was looking for. I don't know. It, it it's really weird. But it wasn't a gradual, you know, oh, I found this and, and kind of stumbled in. I was, I just, one day I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go find this thing that I know is out there, but I don't know what it is. And then started searching and found, you know, pictures. And then I found YouTube videos of, uh, you know, con videos, fursuit parades and stuff like that. And just. I have a, so I have a problem <laughs> when, when I find new things that interest me, I don't, I don't, I don't pull punches. I don't go halfway. Like you don't I, put your pinky into no, the pool I dive before in. getting in. It, it's a cannonball. So I looked, I was looking, eh, I don't know. It was like February ish was the day that you know that I decided to start looking for it like I said I found videos and found pictures and and uh still knew nothing about it really 
um, other than what I found on YouTube. And then I decided I wanted to make my own fursuit. I decided I wanted to go to a con. So within, oh, I don't know, a month or so, I had my first fursuit head built, which I still have, and it's janky as hell, but it's my first. <laughs> it was. You always have yeah, to hold on was, to your it first. It was my first really attempt. Do. Um. Yeah. So yeah, within a within a couple of weeks, probably not even a month, I had the first suit head built. I had another head started. I built a bodysuit in a weekend. Um, you know, just off of a regular uh costume pattern. I had uh my first con booked in for for June. It was Califer back then. Mm-hmm. So I I started finding it in February. By March, by mid March, I had a first suit, a second suit started, a body suit. I had booked my first con and bought a pre made partial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that okay. was going to be delivered at the con. And then I, I, I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm reckless, but I'm not super cautious with things because I I just, I don't spend, I don't waste energy stressing over stuff that I shouldn't. Well, can't say that either, but. (laughs) So when I booked my first con, I was like, okay, this could be fun. I have no idea what it's about, you know, air tickets and the hotel. But then I was like, what's it, you know, people share rooms but I, I I knew absolutely nobody. And I was like, you know what? What the hell? So I opened up the room and actually had room, you know, to split the room with people that I had, I didn't know. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) talk about throwing caution to the wind. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, like I said, I just, I, I went searching for it and had no idea what it was. I didn't really stumble into it. And then once I found it, I was, it was all or nothing. So yeah, and so your your main thing was like the fursuit stuff at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It I definitely went that. You know, I I'm not an artist. I can't draw. <laughs> you know, so I went to I went that direction, and, sure. and like I said, you know, it was it was full speed ahead right from the get go. I didn't waste <laughs> any time. <laughs> well, I've got an email. Um, you want me to read that? Let's see, is that from Victor? Yeah. He says, When I was around 10, I'd watch YouTube videos relating to gaming, animation, and costume making. I bumped, I bumped into Furcon videos. I remember thinking the costumes were really neat, and I enjoyed they were proper made costumes and not simply just mascots or theatrical costumes that I was used to. Around the same time, I had gotten a DeviantArt account where I was able to upload art I did of anthro dragons and animals. I remembering discovering the word anthro and what an OC was. Soon enough, I made OCs of my own, and not long after, the word furry was thrown at me. And soon enough, I found the specific subculture. I immediately found it interesting, using an OC as a persona until I made one to represent me, and 
learned I enjoyed expressing myself through this character I saw as myself. At the age of 13, I used Christmas money to buy supplies for my first fursuit, using mostly live journal for reference. The rest is kind of history. I'm 23 now, and never lost interest in the fandom, and even if I step back, I'll always adore anthro animation and art. I'm engaged to someone who is also a furry, makes suits, go go to cons, and hope to be more involved with my with sorry, and hope to be more involved in my local furry scene. I'm grateful for the happiness and joy I've gotten from the fandom. My upbringing was very rocky, unstable, and traumatizing. The fandom being one of the few consistents in my life, and I am deeply grateful for that. Thank you for your time reading this letter. I try to keep it concise. I hope I give some decent talking points. Have a wonderful day. Victor of the Doc. I mean, that kind of falls in with, uh, with Click, with, you know, the, the Furcon videos and the fursuits, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely a, a more and more common theme, I think, though, now that people are finding it through the fursuits. Well, and and I don't know. It's more more so just exposure through social media. You know the YouTube videos. They're you know everybody's been down a weird YouTube rabbit hole where you just <laughs> let the autoplay go and stumble on oh yeah things you never even would have imagined existed. You know, so it's. It, it, there's a there's a pretty good chance, you know, if you're if you're traveling down one of those rabbit holes, you're gonna stumble on a furry video of some sort. That, or you end up on a like wild conspiracy video. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the funny thing because anthro art, it's like furries are anthropomorphic characters, but not all anthropomorphic art is necessarily furry. That makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it's, that's another very common channel I think is because, you know, we all use the same examples of Disney characters and cartoon characters and the anthropomorphic thing, which is, is very true. That's that's a major stepping stone into finding the fandom. It really is. I remember when uh, when Zootopia first came out, and then people are like, "Oh, I'm making a Zootopia OC." You know, this is my yeah, Zootopia, this is my Zootopia character. character. Yeah, and everyone in the background is going, "That's a furry. You're a furry." <laughs> You're a furry. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, you know, they kind of. They do definitely relate, but it's kind of that's where you. It's kind of like the bronies type thing. They're like, "This yeah. is my pony sona." I'm like, "Yeah, is that a fursona? No, yeah. it's a well, pony thing, sona." <laughs> that's when you hit that level of, you know, not all anthro art is furry, but most furry art is anthro. So you're kind of like, ah, it's a weird, it's a weird spot. <laughs> um. At ten, so though, that's, that's early. <laughs> Lucky guy. <laughs> so Voss, mm-hmm. what? How did you find the fandom? Uh debauchery. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Debauchery on a world-ending scale. 
Please elaborate. Not that it's not that fancy. It was, but it has debauchery. It has that because that I found my way into furry through boar. There you go. It's the shocker Very mode. Cool. There's my debauchery. Ah, well, makes sense. Ah, shock. Oh, it makes, makes sense. Going through, you know, <laughs> growing up and then watching cartoons and all of that, and going, oh, I like this. I want to do more of this. And then going in on the internet once it became a thing. Can I just say how nice it is for people nowadays that you can just go on YouTube and go, oh, look, all this furry stuff oh and link God. it and follow it everywhere. God, to say like you kids these days, yeah. you know, <laughs> you makes it sound old. Showing my age there. God, you have it so easy. <laughs> Growing up, I didn't even have any of that. So I started, I found stuff, old web forms and started looking it up and I was like what is this and I kept trying to find it and it spent forever and I was like oh this is called four and then it just started to go into there and it was like oh well I don't like this this human stuff <laughs> but this but these dragons and these animals I like this and then it started to shift more and more and more into that and then that's just where I've been forever Forever. <laughs> Just Forever. deep in the belly of the beast. Tish. <laughs> Stupid. But yeah, it's like going back, it's like, oh man, furries, kids. Ah, uh, I still laugh when uh, you'll get like posts like in the local groups and stuff where they're like, I thought I was the only one. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe 10 years ago you could get away with that. But no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, let's let's admit it. Uh, there's a non-insignificant amount of furries who found this fandom through furry porn. Yes. Yeah. And that's, you know, everybody finds it in their own way. What's furry porn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rube, you'll never. I'm innocent. <laughs> sure, sure. Everybody just has to remember the giant quotations around the word innocent. <laughs> All right, Rue. We've big. We've got one letters. more email. Big neon. Yeah. What? Big, big. Do I have letters. like three asterisks at the end of it? Yeah. <laughs> And and a little right. tiny cause down at the the very bottom that says this this fox isn't really innocent. He just claims that he is. It just links yeah. to a QR code that goes to a website that is nothing but describing how innocent you are. <laughs> <laughs> so we That's have it. another email from Timid Grizz. Yeah. Yep, go for it. And Ruth. this is what he had to say. Hello, for what it's worth, and and guest. Concerning this episode topic of how I find furry, I did not. I always knew I was a bear. I always felt more at home in the mountains hiking, but I do like the nice heated home um, house at the end of the day when it gets cold. For many years, I have been following 
animation, and anthropomorphic animals in the media and internet, and knowing about furries was part of what I had learned. But I did not participate in the furry community. In 2012, I decided to get involved. I made a a fur affinity account and started posting silly things that interest me and attended a furry convention. I have found most furries are very nice and trustworthy, but the furry item I like most is the clean furry art. So it is, some of it is so beautiful and my favorite pieces get me a trusting feeling, a feeling that is all too absent for the rest, uh, for the real world today. Thank you for, for what it's worth for all the work that goes into bringing the podcast to us. TG. Thanks, Tim. And we love that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I've actually recently, um, so because of boss, um, I have been able to procure my own vessel of my own, of myself in VR chat. So I have my own avatar and now I, I feel a lot more comfortable with exploring, um, VR chat. And, um, a few days ago I was able to come into a world called the furry museum. I highly, highly recommend Mm. that everybody go look at the furry museum itself. All of it is depictions of very clean art um, that just basically tells kind of the history of our our fandom. And I the reason why I bring that up is because that um, I had the same exact feeling that you were um, describing how um, how beautiful all of it was. So um, I'm glad that you were able to to find the fandom that way. So. I gotta say, the art in this fandom is some of it's like none other that I've seen before or or see around, and just the sh- the shit that people create will forever <laughs> amaze me. Well, yeah. that's that's why we oh, love shit. this fandom. There's it's full of very talented people, talented people spending their time and energy giving us, you know, these beautiful things to admire and enjoy and i like i like how tim is like well he's like i didn't find it he's like i've always felt this way um i think just along the way he found a way to kind of put a label on it um but that's definitely how it is you know for some and i think that falls a little you know maybe a little more under the the therian umbrella maybe um I don't know a whole lot about Therian, so I'm not gonna, you know, make any, try and make, not make any wild guesses, but I know a lot of that definitely falls under the, uh, um, this is how I felt for a long time and this is how I should, should be kind of thing. If anybody is interested in learning about Therians and other kin, we actually have an episode about Therians and other kin where we have, uh, we had a guest that actually came in to kind of talk a little bit about that. So, Definitely check that out if you guys are interested. So nice, nice plug, Ruth. How <laughs> I found the fandom. 
Oh, is it your turn now, It's Ru? my turn. I've been waiting oh, this boy. whole entire time. He's my heart patiently. has been beating. So. Biding his time. Well, honestly, <laughs> I've been thinking this whole entire time, like, how do you really explain it? Because it's very difficult for me. I don't really have a pinpoint, like, this is how I knew. This is how I found the fandom. Because I'm very much, like, timid in the whole fact that it kind of was something that I always kind of knew. And then once I found it, I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is why, this is why I'm the way that I am. This is, this is my identity because all the pieces kind of fell into place. It was just, basically it was handed to me like a broken puzzle and I kind of had to assemble it together. Um, But when I was growing up, I loved Tiny Toons. Like, I really, really love Tiny Toons. Uh, and they're tiny. They're Yeah, they're all a little all loony. A little loony. So, it, with Tiny Toons, uh, Tiny Toons had a couple different episodes that, like, for instance, they had this Halloween episode where all of them kind of, like, clumped together in, like, one body. And I was like, wow, that makes me feel really weird. I don't know why. That's so weird. They're like all together into one person. I know that's really strange, but that's that's part of the transformation portion. The part that I like is transformation. But then um, I found Animorphs and Animorphs was a super huge staple for me. Um, I read every single book that I could get. It was like the number one thing like I was waiting for the next book to come out so that I could continue reading it because I loved um, how detailed it was when uh, talking about how they transformed into these animals and how the instincts of the animal would kick in and sometimes would take control of, of them um, while they were trying to regain control. Anyways, it was, um, yeah, that was kind of my gateway drug um, when I was a kid. And then I would have to say that through um, a couple of friends that uh, in my D and D group that that I uh, grew to grew up with, um, you know, some of them ended up becoming furries themselves, and so I kind of got a chance to learn a little bit about what all that was through them. Um, and then I would have to say. I'd have to say that I also found um, Second Life. And at that particular time, Second Life was just kind of like a, it was a game. And like I shared with the last episode, that was what kind of helped me to be able to get into the fandom is it gave, because I came from a highly, highly religious background. And so I had to make sure that I was in, like, it was safe for me. And so for me, when somebody came up to me in, in VR chat and was like, hey, do you want to be my mate? And it was like, it was a guy. For me, it was like, ah, I can do that. This is a video game. <laughs> you mean you mean Second Life? Yeah. D- would I say something different? You said VR chat. <laughs> I said VR chat? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I said I meant Second Life. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, no, because of Second Life, I was able to get into the um, into the furry furry fandom safely 
And then I found this thing called Yahoo Groups. And yeah, it kind of all went downhill from there. And then I went to my first local meet that was at a zoo. And I was so scared. And I made balloon animals for everybody. And that's how I got to know a lot of the people that I hang out with today. I was there. Mm-hmm. I remember that meet. <laughs> yeah, I hung out with you the whole time at the zoo. <laughs> yeah, I think that was before I started. I started coming, probably. I remember cause... the first time meeting you was at Watchtower. Was that a coffee yeah, shop? Yeah, was was at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm, that, that was fun. Anyway. <laughs> Well, that's cool because it's it's interesting how, like, different we all, like, even the four of us, the how differently we all found the fandom, found it, but then this, there's a lot of similarities peppered in there as well. Um, but it's definitely one of those where, like, I've heard the phrase before, it's like, you know, you ask ask 10 people you'll get 11 answers kind of thing um i think at the end of the day everybody found it a little bit differently um but i think everybody sticks around for most of the same reasons um which i think is really cool so um is there anything else any of you would like to uh, share on the emails or anything you like to add or that before we throw to our last break. Sure. I'll add one more thing. So I, I, I also um, found, I don't know if you guys remember transformation. I think it was called gift star or it was like, yeah, Yifstar? it was gift star. And then there was also transformation archive or something. Um, basically it was just a bunch of stories of like, how um it was just a bunch of transformation stories and i did my very best because i was a good kid at the time they had a rating system and like uh, yes i i tried my very best to make sure that i went into the safe one safe ones so i was like i'm gonna do safe transformations and then there was this one time where i misclicked and i read Mis- one of misclicked. Mis- misclicked quotation marks i am innocent quotation marks um, I, I read one of those and I was like, oh, wow. Like this was, yeah. 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 And then that's, yeah, that's like me misclicking on, uh, fanfiction.net. Oh, I did not mean to have the mature, uh, stories in this search. Oops. I misclicked <laughs> on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> All right. Voss and click. You got anything else you want to add before we take a quick break? No. All right. Well, we will go to our last break and um, we'll come back for final thoughts and mailbag. So we'll see you in a few.
and we're back. Um, so we are reaching the end of the episode. Um, so we will move forward with our final thoughts on the topic. Um, I think, you know what? I'm going to go first for final thoughts. How about that? So, I mean, I kind of said them already, I guess, but I don't know kind of how much to say on something like this because how I found furry is kind of a personal thing for each person for how they did it. Um, I do know, I, I love hearing how people find the fandom or find the things that they're into. I'm one of these people that I love. I love listening to people go like talk about things they're passionate about. Whether or not I understand what they're talking about is a different subject. But I love hearing hearing about these kinds of things. So being able to hear those stories and again to see the things that are similar and and the things that are different um is really cool. And it's just it's just cool. It's such a great inclusive place to be that it's great that people have found somewhere they're they're happy and comfortable being so that that's my final thoughts i'm gonna make you go go next Drew. okay if you're one of those people that i mean i know that sammy recently i mean just barely said in the episode like come on guys the internet you know it's here it's easy to find the fandom yes if you're one of those people i do want to say this like i think that with anybody that finally finds their people it's like opening up a christmas present and everybody is excited about it and i think that, that that's great so if you're one of those people don't feel bad i'm just happy that you're here and i'm happy that you have found um found the furry fandom itself so uh click what about you yeah that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good final <laughs> thoughts. I like no, that. I, well, you know, I just th there's a million ways to find this fandom, and and I'm sure, you know, if there's a we could get a million stories. But furries are everywhere, whether you like it or not. And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of outlets and a lot of ways to find it, and it's it is interesting, you know, hearing stories of how people found the fandom and you know it is so it's very inclusive and open and welcoming and you know there's like we said there's so many talented people it's just it it's it's almost kind of you almost have the thought of how how could you not have found this fandom but i guess yeah. I guess you just had to be, you know, you, of course you've got to be looking for it, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's weird being on the inside thinking of how people find it. I know we just did an episode on, on this, this kind of thing. So, but yeah, yeah. it's, you know, I, I'm with Sammy on this one. I like, it's very interesting hearing stories of how people found it. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Voss, do you have anything you'd like to add? Uh, let's see. I think that the biggest thing through all of this is that there is no one way and no 
right way to find the fandom or get your way in. Whether that's from, you know, seeing mascot suits out in the wild or, you know, tails bursting through pants. There's so many <laughs> options and so many ways that so. just pique an interest and you start looking and the internet is huge. He said that word. Sorry. What are you doing, <laughs> Rue? I'm I'm crinkling up my W two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rue! It's an insider's joke. If okay. You, okay. All right. I have to say this now because last time that we, the very first time that we did the transformation episode, somebody said in their email or or something, tells bursting out of pants. And that was my reaction as I was holding on to the show notes. Ah. And like I started like, so there you go. Oh, I see. Wow. I see Deep you. dive. Deep mm-hmm. dive. Today. That is, uh, well, for what it's worth, OG moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me, and, me and Voss just had a brainwave situation yeah. there. So I gotcha. I gotcha. That's okay. Well, thank you for those final thoughts. We have actually a couple of emails in our mailbag this week what no way i'm super excited it's awesome i i love it because we like we say we say it over and over and we'll keep saying it if you want to email us about something email us if it's about a previous episode um that we've already done you know and you had thoughts on it that maybe we didn't cover email us we will we're more than happy to read them in in a later episode and you know we just love hearing from everybody so all right it's time to pull the zipper down i'm gonna start us off on these couple of emails and uh this first one is gonna be from uh zephyr so it says hi guys i'm zephyr uh he she they i'm relatively i'm a relatively new listener and i have just caught all the way up to the newest episode I'm a fluffy wusky with a sassy attitude and a happy, friendly face. But don't call me cute, though. I might just bite your nose off. Just Aww, kidding. That's kind of cute. <laughs> I love your guys' podcast and can't wait for future ideas. About one of your more recent episodes, The Furry Switch. When I was in my younger years of high school, don't worry, turned 18 a few months ago. I made the mistake of keeping my switch on during the school day. And talked a lot about my furriness and other things like that. Well, some people found out and it didn't really end well. And that kind of happened. On the same note, I had a job at the Agricultural Center for a summer. And I actually almost got fired for talking about it. I haven't done so since. Any whore, you guys have any advice on dealing with the downfall of that? Anything would be much appreciated. Cookies to you all. The amazing... But fluff Zephyr. So, I think you have anything on on this, you know, the furry switch issues there, Rue. That was something that you talked about. Yeah. So I have uh, some suggestion for you, and that's just purely like when people do talk about it, and when people approach about approach you about it, especially when it comes to work or, you know, even at school itself. Um, you can just have a very quick general answer to give to them just to be able to, you know, give them the information that they want 
And because if you don't, but at the same time, I want you to be leery of not answering point blank questions too. So you have to kind of gauge depending on who you're with, because if somebody's like, Hey, I really want to know about this thing that you're interested in. And it's a friend and you just say, Oh, you know, it's this thing that I'm really interested in. And, you know, and then quickly change the subject. You'll run into the same situation that happened with Sammy. Sammy went out and basically figured out on his own, you know, what was what was occurring. And that's what will happen to your friends is they will come to their own conclusions about what you're into. So if you don't want them to draw the wrong conclusions, go ahead and share it with them. But at the same time, you know, you have to gauge when that's appropriate and when that's not. When it comes to work itself, I usually keep things very general. And it's not because I'm embarrassed. It's just the whole fact that, you know, my livelihood, being able to pay my bills, like those things are those things are important. And, and honestly, as time has grown on, I've kind of gauged that, you know what, people don't really care. So, you know, I share, you know, once in a while, but... I also am very careful with who I share that with. I I work with people. And so I'm not, while I'm sitting across trying to help somebody, I'm not sharing with them about how I'm going to go to a furry convention next week. Like, it's just not something that I bring up. So I think gauging when it's appropriate and when it's not will help you to not fall into, into pitfalls. I've recently fell into one of those pitfalls where one of my individuals that I worked with did find out and it was actually um, tried to be used against me in which my I, I possibly could have lost my job. And so uh, depending uh, on the situation. So I've been in the same exact situation as you. And all I can say is just continue to put in your hard work and show how you're a valued employee maybe sim you know turn down that volume a little bit um and just be more mindful about you know when you're sharing things and when you're on the clock itself you're there to work you're there to to do uh perform a certain job at the same time i'm not asking you to be a drone and shut your whole personality off as well I mean, you're going to share what you want to share. Just make sure that you're careful on who you share those things with. Uh, The only thing I would say on that is just make sure it doesn't interfere with actually getting your work done and and doing the tasks that you need to do. Uh, At the end of the day, I think a lot of people are like, as long as you're getting your work done and things are being done properly, that's that's what they're going to focus on. No, that was that was a good email. Thank you for sending that in, Zephyr. Um, Click plus. Sorry, no. I was going to ask them. Do they have? Oh, anything? if they have any, if they have any info, any insight. Yeah. Well, just like we said in the switch episode, you have to read the room and you have to keep in the back of your mind that society sucks and most people just don't get us. So you know, I mean, you, yeah, you don't want to hide yourself away completely, but you you kind of have to play the game. Play the game, and like Rue was saying, you can share very generalizations, have general answers, vague things. You don't have to go into detail. And you, one thing that you shouldn't do is overshare. 
then then you're just going to start open up a lot of doors that don't need to be opened. Mhm. I agree 100%. Perfect. All right, click. Would you read that email from uh, Simone? Sure. Oh, whoa, I'm out of the bag. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Hi, cast and guests of For What Is Worth, it's Simone again. It's been a long time since I emailed. Today I want to share a story of finding another furry at work. The pandemic years were an adventure for me. Through 2020 to 2022, I graduated twice, moved three times, and lucky enough got a job in an international electronics company. Ladder in... So, uh, transport noises. <laughs> Ladder in October 2022. China has finally lifted travel restrictions and opening borders. Our U.S. colleagues can finally travel to China to support and collaborate with us like before the pandemic. And we are seeing more and more foreign faces in the factories and office buildings. One day, an American colleague caught my eyes. From another team, fluffy hair, too tall for the metro door, but most importantly, <laughs> wearing a mask with fangs printed on it. It looked so furry. We passed each other twice, but we were both busy talking with others. Two weeks later, I recognized him in the metro station under the office building after work. He followed his teammates to the same platform I was. So I gathered all my courage and walked up to him and said, Hey! I met you earlier in that factory and noticed your cool mask, so I have to ask, are you a furry? I guess I was too nervous to be polite enough, he said. He said, maybe, are you? I said yes, before he hurried on to the rush hour metros on the opposite direction and quickly disappeared in each other's sights. We didn't even have a chance to to say our names or show our work badge like a professional furry. <laughs> I told some of my local friends about the story and vaguely posted the incident on Twitter that night, hoping he could find me some, somehow. But we never saw each other again. More than a month later, he found me on our internal chat app and added me to the company furry chat room, which I never knew of. There, I learned how he found me with so little information. The weekend after the maybe incident, he got back to the U.S. and told the story in the chat room, so I became the mysterious furry. A month later, my local furry friend, who happened to be an intern, stumbled upon the chat room, and the admin asked if he recognized the mysterious furry. Since he's also from China, naturally, he remembered my story and solved the puzzle. And now we are planning our meetups for his next travel. Small world, I like it. So that's my story today. Hope you like it. Br Simone. That's awesome. That's kind of an awesome story. That's that's like that's really cool. Finding another furry in the workplace, but when your workplace is international, right? Like it's the chances are are slim. Right. You know, I think it's great in the fact that, um, you know how you've heard of the term gaydar, right? Mm -hmm. There is totally furry radar, 100%. <laughs> like, you can definitely tell if somebody is a furry 
based upon little things that they may do or little things that they may have. Well, that's, that's I mean, like clearly, we brought up in the in the Switch episode, you know, there's there's it's subtlety. There's little things that if you know, you know, but if you don't know, it doesn't matter. Mhm. Like for well, like we talked mask. about the yeah. um the bad dragon stuff. <laughs> well, or that's you know, masks with fangs and animal faces and stuff like that, you know. I mean, yeah, the general public could be wearing something like that, but there's a pretty good chance that the if you're going to if you're going to seek something like that out and wear it, there there's there's a definitely a good chance that you're a furry. Yeah. They're either furry or they work in an animal field. Right. Which then also means they're potentially furry. <laughs> but one thing that I want to commend you for is 100% that you were willing to go out of your comfort zone to ask the question. Because if you hadn't said anything, you could have chose to not have said anything at all. And you wouldn't be in the situation that you're currently in. So yeah. I think it's great that you were able to uh, to reach out and say, hey, and ask the question because now you have gained a, a potential friend, you know, from that particular situation. I think it's, uh, I think it's always helpful. Um, I think that a lot of times we sit in the background of our own stories and let our, let ourselves be the side characters of our own stories. And I think it's important to always be that person to jump in and, and take control of your story. And that's a, a great example of what you did. So I'm super proud of you. That's awesome. That's very cool. All right. Well, I think that uh, wraps it up for this episode. Uh, unless anyone's got anything else they'd like to add before we uh, close off. No. All right. <laughs> crickets. Well, crickets across crickets. the board. That's all right. Hey there, folks. Nuka here heading with a little bit of housekeeping for For What It's Worth. Uh, first of all, remember that For What It's Worth would not be possible without the support, feedback, and interaction of listeners like you in our wonderful fan community. You can check out all of our past episodes, plus learn more about the show, its host, and what's coming up next on the show on our website, forwhatitsworth.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at For What It's Worth, no spaces, uh, to get updates on upcoming episodes, to hear latest news about the show, or to get some opportunities to contribute to upcoming episodes. You can also join our Telegram channel where we regularly chat about uh, the upcoming show episodes and then topics. And just an opportunity to chat with our friends, uh, chat with our fans. Uh, if you want to be on the Telegram channel, just contact Drew at WineRedFox on Telegram, all one word, uh, and you'll get added to the Telegram channel. Note, you have to be 18 years of age or older to join the Telegram group. If you want to send us an email uh, or contribute to the mailbag or just get in touch with us in any way, the easiest way to do that is with our email, cast at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, or you can email any of these specific cast members by just putting their name. So for me, it would be Nuka at forwhatitsworth.com. For Rue, it would be Rue at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, if you want to send us an audio file to be played instead of an email, or if you want to uh, contribute to the idents that play throughout the show, uh, you can upload a recording to us directly from SpeakPipe. That's speakpipe.com slash F-W-I-W. 
can put a little recording on there. We can use your voice rather than trying to uh, read it in our own tired voices. Uh, finally, the best way you can help out the show directly is by sharing it with your friends. Our audience grows every episode through word of mouth. So uh, if you like this episode or if you think you know someone who might be interested in this or any other episodes, uh, let them know where to find us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody who sent in emails today. Um, we love, love, love getting them. Hopefully, I'm pretty sure I got everybody's, but if for some reason somebody's was missed, please let us know. Um, as we've stated before, our spam filter is a little aggressive, and uh, sometimes we will we will miss those. But um, I tried tried my best to make sure we got all of them for today, and. Um, for the next episode, keep an eye out for our announcements on the next topic on our Telegram and our Twitter and our Facebook pages, and we'll let you know what, what we're looking for for the next one. Um, but for this time, I think, you know, we hit the, the nail on the head, and uh, this has been Sammy. This has been Real. And Click. And Voss. And this has been For What It's Worth.